0: Hello. 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 Hello.
1: Hello. Hey, we are the Equity Young Members Committee, and this is the Young Members Podcast. Welcome.
2: Each episode, we're going to be talking about something different. Something different. Something different. We'll talk
1: about something different. To do with our union, our industry, and all the people in it. Made by Equity members. For Equity members. Happy listening. This week, Alexandra Sarmiento from the Equity Young Members Committee interviews Drew McConey, Artistic Director of the McConey Company and founder of Micro Musical Lockdown. First of all, thank you so much for doing this with us. Yeah, no worries. Um, You know, one of the most in-demand directors and choreographers, even when you can't be in physical studio demand. I don't know,
2: like, I have to say I've really enjoyed this, like, whole digital time in a way. You know, it's like like finding new ways of connecting with people has been kind of amazing. I did like a whole day of Q and A's for colleges yesterday mm-hmm. and it was kind of amazing. Like, you know, it's like mad to kind of, some of the questions that get asked is, yeah. is you kind of go, yeah, like I haven't thought about that since I was like 18 years old, you know, it's kind of it's so, really weird.
1: Yeah. And what like really um, inspires me, cause I just kind of started getting into the, the whole practice of like teaching stuff by zoom or like Instagram live and like doing Q and A's with students is that, even despite all of like the hardcomings of like not being able to like go to an actual space and go to a building to learn that they're still really driven to like do their training and like physical and mental and all of that stuff in between
2: yeah Um, it's quite inspiring inspiring. really
1: it? it is it is very inspiring um so just before we kind of kick off with like our discussion about how the COVID-19 pandemic and locked, I think lockdown more specifically has affected like the arts community and how we share um, mm. all that stuff. Could you just give us like a quick synopsis on who you are and what the McConey company is?
2: Yeah, so uh, uh, you want me to introduce myself?
1: Yes, if that's okay. Great,
2: okay. <laughs> is, this like, is this like recording for a video or just for sound?
1: So this is—it's um, just for sound, but actually, what we also do is um, take the video and do subtitles so that it's um, accessible to people who might not be oh, able to—you to, know—all of that. stuff.
2: So. yeah, so like I have to be appropriate with what I'm looking as well as what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: but I mean, the main thing is for the podcast. I think <laughs> the, the video is uh, <laughs> the video no, exactly. is the supplementary. <laughs>
2: It's good yeah just so i don't start swearing at you with my fingers or something like <laughs> as we're going through this um exactly yeah like saying really sweet things that are literally like flipping the bird yeah. um so uh my name is drew mcconey and i'm a, a director and a choreographer and i'm the artistic director of the mcconey company the mcconey company was launched to provide a platform for the artists of the theater dance community and um, i wanted to create a space that really celebrated the notion of what a theater dancer was and create an environment where we could create dance-led theatrical works that really celebrate and um, really introduce audiences to the types of dancers that they might only usually see in the ensembles of musicals, but see them kind of pushed to the front to be able to tell stories in the way that their unique talent allows them to do.
1: Brilliant, I mean, get it. And I think um, what is like really inspiring about that is that you're just like championing the underdog, I guess, in like all theatre communities because, there's like always this reference of like a pecking order, which I think more and more these days is just getting like turned on its head. Like there's no more of this hierarchy where you have like the leading man and the leading lady and then the supporting and then principals, I mean, not mm. principals and ensemble, whatever, but it's much more like a cohesive kind of group Absolutely,
2: I think theatre making, in as a whole, like stylistically, is becoming much more ensemble-led. Like I was um, doing some Q and A's recently with students and thinking about it's it's interesting when people ask you questions about your work. It makes you think about the things that you've done in a completely different way. You know, I don't think I go through my career thinking consciously about what I'm specifically doing on each show, but I do think that the shows that I'm most proud of are ones that actually, like the beating heart of the production, is the ensemble. I think for me, like absolutely, being a cheerleader for the ensemble because I was in the ensemble. You know, my, um, you know, my castability was always kind of capped as that, like, you know, feature dancer that would come forward, like, kick their legs about for eight, eight, and then go back to shuffling the chairs around in the scene changes for the rest of the musical. You know, and yeah. um, and so I kind of absolutely am, um, you know, the idea of becoming a coracle well, the idea of becoming a chorale was kind of before dancing really, but you know, the the impetus and the kind of, you know, ignition to or rather the catalyst to get out there was, and to start choreographing, creating work was because I wanted to um, start to be able to champion those people that at the time when I was dancing weren't necessarily uh, being celebrated. And I do think that things are changing when it comes to the pecking order, because I do think there's a whole new wave of theatre makers that are really championing the ensemble.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I think they probably are all a group of people like me that probably felt frustrated in their careers and <laughs> uh, wanted the opportunity to create work that would celebrate people.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think, um, I mean, I've only been uh, working professionally for under a decade, but I think that what my experience in being in the ensemble of a lot of shows is really reflective of your um, point of view, because I always feel really taken care of, especially in shows that I've done with you as an ensemble member, that I don't feel left behind, like, you know, mm. our voices are as important as the main playing characters on stage. But anyway, enough about that. Um, so. <laughs>
2: You're so young. I always forget how young you're because you have this like really intelligent, mature brain. And then when you say you've been essentially performing for under a decade, I think thinking, God, like you're really still very young, aren't you? Just, I'm like, actually like 56, Drew. I'm just
1: like you're doing right. this with you know. Your spirit, your spirit
2: animal has been around for a very, very long time, but the body is <laughs> still young.
1: Oh my God, <laughs> I know. Um, still like just trying to exploit all my youth while I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What I wanted to like speak to you about, first of all, is what your initial reaction to like the whole lockdown situation, social distancing in kind of like the filter of what that meant as a creator within the performing arts community. And before um, you give your answer on that, just for anybody who's not familiar with Drew's and his company's Instagram profiles he's been offering these company classes every Thursday and I remember um you posting about that on like I guess the first Thursday of lockdown whatever that is and I was like so gagged I was like oh my god I was like number one a lot of people who work in the West End or in any type of theater job whatsoever like we can't go to these classes because they're at the same time that we go and do shows um and that's one of like the main caveats that I find about um just working in the west end is that you can't like go and take the classes that you want to because they have they tend to happen in the evenings to accommodate um normal people's schedules um but yeah so like i was super happy and i think you were one of the first people that i realized was doing these classes by instagram and i was like oh my god one that's amazing that you're like giving your time and effort basically for free for anybody around the world to access something that they wouldn't be able to access um if time slash location was going to be like Um, an obstacle for them to overcome but yeah was that kind of like one I guess what was your initial reaction to lockdown how it was going to affect the arts two was it kind of like an automatic um given I was like oh yeah well I'm just gonna take everything to Instagram like how natural of the transition was that for you
0: well looking
2: back at that moment actually it's um in hindsight it was actually very quick response to the situation I mean I think that the lockdown had happened um the before we really knew the severity of, of the lockdown my uh, my initial concern because actually before the lockdown happened officially with the social distancing the first thing that happened was um all the theaters went dark mm-hmm. so there was a kind of it's kind of hard to remember now even though it was only like eight weeks ago but there was like a 10-day period or you know like seven or eight ten day period where essentially all the shows got cancelled yeah. everything went dark and it was actually really did feel like the theatre community was the only one that was massively hit and that we were I remember um, walking down the street and, and going into a, 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 a kind of a plant shop a, a florist mm-hmm. and um, these guys you know they were running this flower shop and they were like oh you know have you guys been affected by by Covid And we were like, yeah, we work in the arts. And so like we've actually been massively affected. And they essentially gave us this plant for free as a kind of like, oh, we're really sorry about your situation. Four days later, of course, that plant shop is completely locked down. It's a struggling independent business. I'm thinking like, God, you gave us like a plant for free because there was that kind of like tiny window where the the, the major trauma was just on the arts, right? So we were kind of this lone and there was a big battle for getting clarity from the government so that the theatre communities and the theatre producers could be claiming insurance, etc. So like we were like a real isolated thing. So there was a little incubation period. And in that time, my initial response, although we never got to, announce it was that i and i spoke to pineapple about it and everything was that we were going to start running um when we didn't realize we were going to be locked inside our houses and kept away from each other yeah. the Coney company was going to start running classes for free at pineapple so we were going to basically launch a thing that we're like right guys we're doing you know uh, we were going to up our classes three classes a week or whatever in pineapple. and it was specifically for performers that, that suddenly lost their job lost their income and that that you know because you know one thing I feel really proud of and I feel really passionately about is that the McConey company has um been a kind of part of the theater dance community and we work really hard at working with charities like applause of thought and um and, and making ourselves a, a kind of a, a you know like a platform or a home base for the theater dance community and um So I wanted, so we kind of mobilized very quickly into like, what part do we play in providing support for the theatre dance community and those people that are in musicals that have been closed? Um, And so the initial thing was, uh, you know, offering continued training through that period, but also naively at the time, thinking this is a great way for people to come together and be able to dance their way through the pain and et cetera, et cetera. Of course, this is like, you know, a four day slot where this was suddenly like, you know. (laughs) So we basically had all that ready and we um, decided that we were going to put together a fund that was going to start supporting freelance dancers um, Paul Taylor Mills launched a fund for freelancers which is, has been hugely successful and that was a fund that was uh, set up to support people that were going through financial hardship and we wanted to create like a kind of a sister fund to that so it's part of the same kind of family but we set up our own GoFundMe page Um, and it was specifically aimed at freelance dancers that weren't um, necessarily supported by a company that might be giving them furlough etc etc the people that would be you know doing commercial work people that would be doing one-off gigs people that you know very often the people that actually end up being able to do my class because like you said you know a lot of the people that are in more long-term employment um are very rarely able to do the classes Mm -hmm. because when they form so we decided to launch this fund and we were going to provide the classes um, so the response to the theatre lockdown, as it were, um, like the theatre community closing down, was was pretty immediate. Yeah. Um, but within that period of time, on a personal level, it was uh, like like on a kind of a, 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 a personal emotional level, it was a, it was a time of like complete freefall because my basically, as with everybody, but, like within like one announcement, like my entire income completely stopped. Um, and 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 for the foreseeable future so kind of everything that we uh, and because of the because of being a choreographer or being a director there's no system in place where we get furloughed there's and and also because of the way that our kind of taxes work or our kind of income um how it's dealt with uh we don't offer any financial support for it so we we fall with the kind of group of people that fall through the cracks of any kind of government funding etc so so there was a kind of a moment of like um like personal you know free fall kind of like but the actual even though that and that was probably like two or three days of like i thought what do i do how do i pay my mortgage blah blah blah. but actually in hindsight like the bounce back to kind of becoming particularly active and using the mcconey company to um provide continued support and also a way for me to keep feeling connected to the industry me feeling active you know so it was a kind of a personal mental health thing, as well as a a position that I really feel strongly that the Maconi Company was building that that platform, it was building that community spirit. um, And I felt like it's in these moments of kind of global trauma that the arts um, have a great responsibility Mm -hmm. um, to come together, to unite, not only for each other, but also to provide kind of escapism and to provide, um, you know, uh, opportunities for the outside world to be able to make sense of themselves in the way that theatre does beautifully yeah. so the the Makoni company has kind of it you know it it was uh, it, it's kind of difficult you know sad in some ways because the Makoni company is heading towards like kind of pretty major relaunch um and so there are there are already two maybe three things that um as of now whatever date it is um should have been launched, announced we should be in casting, like mm. the, the McConey Company just before lockdown was heading towards like a pretty kind of for me major ta-da moment where right. a whole new mission, whole new level of opportunity for dancers, um, new shows announced, old shows returning, like it was a really big exciting time and lockdown, Um, because I refused to let it hasn't uh, stopped those plans. It's delayed those plans. But the McCcconey company is locked into with the same level of focus and energy and passion to just a different side of its mission statement, which is which is more community based. Yeah, so we um like you said, we ended up turning the classes um into Instagram live class on a Thursday still uh, provided for free. Um, and we, you know, and it's really—I've um, been really, really blown away by actually the international reach of the classes that we've been basically having people from America, from Spain, from Italy, and um, from Israel um, that have been kind of like tuning into classes. And it's been amazing to see how—and uh, I'm sure New York's the same—but how London is seen as such a kind of aspirational place for dance training. And we don't realize it because we're just in that bubble, we're just rocking onto our classes. But you know, for people. being able to kind of access london-based training is actually a really impactful thing and something that i want to now work out how the maconey company can keep providing that platform internationally and how we continue these classes it'll end up being in a different format in a different way but how we can keep building those international opportunities for people so um so yeah so basically we launched into classes pretty much you know very very quickly and the response to those classes Has been kind of phenomenal, you know. You know, it's kind of obviously with anything, it kind of bounces up and down depending on the kind of, you know, the social tone of the week or whatever. But you know, the kind of the smallest class we've ever had, I think, is 160 people tuning in. And then when people like upload their videos at the end, there's very often two or three people doing the class. And so I think like at our smallest amount, we're definitely over 200 people doing the class every Thursday. Bearing in mind that like our pineapple limitations has always been between 45 and 50 students, so we're kind of four times the amount of people that are engaging with it, which yeah. I think is a, is a comment on geography, which is people that are getting access to, it. but also because the classes are free, there are people that maybe can't usually afford to do class. And so they're able to kind of engage. So it's a really great opportunity. And the kind of um, inspiration that that kind of class I was like, oh my goodness, there's a real community that really needs this. And there are people that are getting great value from it, both technically, but also like emotionally led us on to work in, Um, what the next stages of of kind of artistic engagement could Mm. be so we then we followed up the classes pretty quickly again within the kind of first two weeks of lockdown and we launched a um, a digital dance festival which was um, an opportunity for people to create their own short dance films that were exploring the theme of isolation Um, and they collaborated with different music artists etc they made the films and we hosted like a kind of you know uh, uh, like a a mini film festival really on the instagram page which is silly really because it's essentially just us uploading videos in the same way that anybody does but we we wanted to just again try and kind of like hype the people that were involved in it and kind of cross-pollinating people's audiences so people's followings were going up and that was very exciting and to see the different approaches to the situation from dancers was very exciting Um, yeah
1: i was gonna say like i i just like applaud you like you and you know using the instagram profile as a means for sharing because i think a lot of the time especially with um, i guess the negative when you, when you speak about the negative side of social media that mm. it can be kind of narcissistic and self-serving and all of you know those kind of um, what is it called Mm. terms but like what I love about the Makoni company's Instagram is that it's not only promoting the company itself which it needs to do in order to grow like both in like the virtual sense which I think also permeates into like real life as well but it's also sharing people who like you said like wouldn't have met in real life and Mm. like meeting virtually is a way for them to collaborate and two like one giving them I guess goals to set like the dance festival like there could be people who have loads of inspiration, but they actually don't know where to kind of like channel that energy or they don't have like a platform to like work Mm. towards, which I thought was just like super commendable. Um, And then just like, I mean, you spoke so beautifully about the impact of like doing these classes via Instagram Live. Um, what I wanted to like segue into was like, yes, the Digital Dance Festival and also the, um, the micro musical thing that you've been setting up because mm-hmm. it's just amazing that you're still managing to help facilitate the creation of original work even though that we can't like meet in the studio because I find that I mean, well, what I found at the beginning of lockdown was that I wasn't inspired to create anything, but I realized that that was because I'm usually inspired when I'm actually in a physical space with somebody Mm -hmm. else and that we can actually feel that like intangible vibe off each other. And it's like, how do you feel that through a screen? Or how are you even inspired to like, go ahead and create something when source of your normal creativity isn't in existence. But then I was just thinking, well, the things that I will be inspired to to create will just be completely different from what I normally do because the source of like the catalyst for all of that is going to be different. It's not going to be what I'm used to um, in like a normal, I guess, performing environment. Um, but yeah, can you just like speak about, I guess, what your inspiration behind like the, the dance festival, the micro musical thing and um, yeah, like you go.
2: Yeah, I um, I, I think that, that essentially you know this this feeling of kind of you know oscillating very quickly between kind of super productivity and kind of complete free fall and and lack of motivation is something that i'm hearing nearly everybody i speak to talk about and i think it's largely to do with you know i was reading an article that, that, that explained it so beautifully it was an american article basically saying that like as uh, as a society, we are very um, schedule and goal based as a, as a, as creatures, and it's very you know motivation very very much comes from having a, a goal to achieve, having something specific, and very often that's like you've got to get you know how often do you leave everything anything to the very last moment? Like I need to get it done by Monday. I'll do it on Sunday. Like it's it's kind of like you need the thing and that's what gives us order it gives us drive it helps our motivation and at the moment a big problem within the arts is because we don't have clarity of like when we're working towards Mm. um the the kind of the best things i could put in place for myself was like giving myself like many things to achieve and i think particularly for dancers and performers we go through a training where we have an assessment every three weeks we have a, you know that exam to work towards we have that showcase we have that performance we have that singing lesson we need to learn the lyrics for we have blah 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 yeah and so actually as in our training from a very and because we train from a very young age this isn't like we go to university at 18 and then work at what we're doing this you know a lot of us have been in the studio learning these kind of like mini things to achieve since some of us were like two or three years old mm-hmm. and so we conditioned as performers to like have these little mini things to work towards. Um, and what I wanted to do was, you know, I found what was very useful to myself was to give myself structure and like mini things to achieve. And, you know, I, as you are, as, and as many of us in the industry, you know, we are built to make, you know, we're built to create. And so I wanted to create a, a platform that I could have something to work towards, but then basically try and provide... Um, without it feeling like a textbook or a workbook, like have a, a series of mini things that people, should they wish, like give themselves a goal to achieve, give them something to dive into, like today I'm going to engage in this video, I'm going to learn the combination, I'm going to upload my video. And, um, and so, yeah, the Digital Dance Festival started off uh, really primarily as a, as a, an opportunity for people to commit to something and to feel like they had something to create, had, had a brief to work towards should they want to loosely work towards that. Um, And the micro-musical lockdown uh, came as an extension of that idea, really. The micro-musical festival was uh, launched really originally kind of more aimed at the graduating students Um, and it was an idea that I realised there was a lot of people that were graduating that had missed their showcases, missed their agents' opportunities. And, you know, already, even when lockdown isn't happening, you know, one of the big kind of challenges for performers is feeling out of control of their careers. You know, they they often feel like they're not in control of whether they get seen for a show or whether they get seen by an agent. And so much of the feeling is kind of lack of control. Um, And so what I wanted to do was kind of provide an opportunity where performers and dancers could take control of being seen in a way where i was able to because you know i i was you know on a thursday night we do dance classes and we do we teach a combination and then a lot of people video themselves doing the combination and they tag the company in the video and they post it on instagram Mm -hmm. what this does um is every thursday night i sit down and i spend a couple of hours watching a lot of people on their own doing dances now In an audition situation, the the smallest group you're ever in is like a group of four if you're lucky, sometimes a group of six. And so your kind of one-on-one attention that is given to dancers that you've never met before is so it's so minimal and what i was suddenly realizing was there was like a group of dancers that do videos every week that i would never met before and i was like oh this girl can really dance like and so you and no it's like it's like this brilliant new showcase where you kind of go i know exactly what this person's name is because they are tagging me i can see their profile and it's like with instagram which is like you say it's a kind of a platform a lot of people um demonstrate their work on Instagram so it's like this whole new age way of somebody who I've never met before sending me a 45 second solo dance doing material that I've set yeah. and then attached to their name is an entire profile of their images their dance routines and it it's like this brilliant new interactive digital CV that comes to me with a name Mm-hmm. And not only is it like a CV, but it's also you get a really brilliant quick snapshot of their taste, their interests, their personality. Yeah. And then you get to sit and you watch a 45 second clip of them essentially doing an audition combination. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, this is actually in, in many ways a much more um, exciting, useful way of people auditioning, of me getting to know new dancers. And, and those dancers have been able to provide me with a more truthful insight into who they are as a person. I mean, whether in, whether you think Instagram is truthful or not, it's even if it's not like, oh, this is really what my skin looks like. It's like, it's still a kind of like, this is what I'm into. This is what I'm like in a rehearsal room. This is yeah. kind of what my personality is. Yeah. Um, and I was suddenly realizing, like, God, this is such an amazing platform and, and, and a, a use of Instagram that, on a professional level, makes me feel so really engaged, makes me still feel like I'm investing in new talent mm-hmm. and an opportunity for these dancers to feel like they're being seen. And so I wanted to kind of explode that into a much bigger sense mm-hmm. and say, well, actually, what if I wasn't the only choreographer that was going through this experience? What if I wasn't the only creative team member that was being introduced to new talent? And so what we did with the Micro Musical Festival was engage with four composer, um, composer lyricists, or groups of, and four choreographers. And I spoke to them, explained my kind of mission that I wanted to provide an opportunity for dancers and singers and actors to feel like they're taking control of, what, of being seen, keeping active and doing set material. And so I said, look, will you, will you create an original song or will you create an original piece of dance? And will you promise that um, you will watch every video that you're tagged in? Yeah. and they were like yes absolutely so you've suddenly got this captive audience of like you know marlo and moss whose shows about to open on broadway who's like this international smash hit musical six yeah. has promised to write a song and then sit and listen to every bugger that, that uploads a video of themselves singing and mm-hmm. they're going to listen to every single one of those those covers Styles and Drew, Broadway composers of Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins in the West End, have promised to sit and listen to every single one of your songs. Like, yeah. it, you know, you've got Otima Mabuse, like judge on Greatest Dancer, like saying that she will sit and watch every single one of your dance routines. Like, it's kind of like, it, it's the potential there is is really exciting if it's something you want to do. You know, if you, if you want to go, do you know what, today I'm going to make videos and I'm going to be seen by eight top, you know, industry leading, creatives and then also tag them a cone. and i'm gonna watch every single one of all of them do mm-hmm. you know what yes. i mean so it's kind of like <laughs> the, the the opportunity to take control of saying hey guess what this is me singing this is me dancing this is my profile like it's for free mm-hmm. is is basically Launched on this idea of me wanting to give people mini goals, but yeah. also provide to start using Instagram, like you say, to kind of cross pollinate and kind of connect people. Because what I also was doing, of course, was pairing up choreographers with composers. So, you know, who, who knows what that relationship could end up being in terms of you know, you start pairing Sam Salter with Marlowe and Mossinger, and like, hey, you guys are really cool together, like, why don't you go and make a show? Like, nothing to do with me, you don't have to tag me in it. Like, but yeah. the kind of idea of you know, because with the McConey Company, you know, I want it to continue to be a, when I say community based, I'm not I'm not saying necessarily that we're, you know, only going to be performing in church halls. I just mean that like from a theatre dance or like a theatre making community, I want it to be the McConey Company hosting the work of four of the choreographers and four composers and lyricists is very important to me because I want it to be a place that it's not just the McConey Company isn't just celebrating my work. It's about elevating and uh, launching theater dancers. And, yep. though, and the best theater dancers are those that like, you know, are able to work with 700 different choreographers, you know, that it's, so I think that, um, I think that, that, that really the micro musical lockdown is, is an opportunity for people to engage, but it's also a, um, a great opportunity for people to feel like they're still being seen and taking control of that themselves.
1: So good. And I think like, it just goes to show, you know, you can, I guess what you do in terms of, um, i guess productivity like within the arts is completely in your hands and like what a great way to just channel all of that energy to like make something of this time as opposed to kind of just accepting like the fact that theaters are shut and like therefore i should just shut down my co- like my creativity like no it's yeah. like it does like open up a whole host of things
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: So like, do you think that being in lockdown, social distancing, everyone being in like in their households has sped up like an inevitability that the arts was going to reach anyway? Or do you think it like catalyzed a whole different branch as in like, kind of the transition from like the real life playing space into the virtual realm. Like, do you think the art was going to be headed towards this type of sharing, like how you're doing in a micro musical lockdown? Or do you think that this is like something specifically catalyzed by the coronavirus and us being at home and having to resort to like trying to just create via different means than what we're normally used to?
2: I think what this has done is sped up the desire um, that, that is inherent within all theatre making for accessibility. I think that what this is doing is it's is it's making us think about how we connect with a greater audience and an audience that don't have the either geographical or financial means to be able to engage in the in the kind of sometimes very expensive West End community. And yeah. um, so I think that what this is doing is. Um, is, is it's speeding up the process and making people sit down and actually think about what theatre is digitally. Mm. I don't think that this is going to forever change what theatre making is in a in the context of what like my personal belief is that as soon as we are able we are going to be desperate to sit in a room together and and let our imaginations fly in unison towards one solid story that's happening in the middle because I do think that theatre the difference the reason if theatre didn't have a soul, it would have died a very, very long time ago. Like a very long time ago. But as, as as you know, as as a being, as as a creature, as a whatever, we are inherent storytellers. We've been telling stories since you know time began. And coming together to share in stories, the communal feeling of that, the community of that, the desire to believe together is stronger than any special effects of any film could ever deliver to you. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the feeling of sitting in the dark and uh, something happening and, you know, 1,200 people laughing because they, you know, like, like when something is funny, like why, why do you need to make a noise? It's usually because you need other people to know that you find it's funny. Mm-hmm. So like very often people in the theatre laugh louder than they do when they're sitting in the cinema right. it, or at home, sorry, watching, watching a film on their own at home. And it's about the kind of sharing, the fact that we all find this funny or we all think that's amazing. And we we clap because we want to show that we all agree on something without words. So theater will, in my opinion, last forever. I think theater will outlast film. It'll outlast digital media. I think live theater, because the great dancers, great singers, great actors, the the interaction between them and an audience member, is energetic, like it's actual like, you know, sound waves travel so like why is live music always more thrilling than recording it's because you are actually your your molecular structure is being changed by the energy that is put out of a person and that is otherworldly it's it's mm-hmm. it's inexplainable and so live theater will always exist in yeah. my opinion
0: the,
1: I, I agree with that bt
2: good the um The notion that what we're doing right now is working out how the digital age and how digital platforms can aid us and better support us is is hugely valid. Um, And I think think that the theatre community will be forever changed by this, but it'll only be because people will be realising the importance of reaching people that can't make it to the theatre. So this is making us more accessible. The other thing as well is I think that there's going to be a lot of young people right now that actually weirdly are introduced to theatre through this lockdown. And I know that's probably not what anyone's necessarily thinking, but there's so much amazing work being streamed and, and parents and families are desperately looking for content. Like the, the, the the consumption of content is is off the scale at the moment because people are, are needing to be told stories, they're needing to feel communicated with, they're needing to feel connected with. And they're doing that through absorbing content. And a lot of that content is the amazing work that's been put out from live streams or from, you know, pre, not live streams, sometimes live streams, but pre-recorded work from theater. So there's a lot of people that are actually, I think are going to be introduced to theater um, that are maybe younger and much more used to absorbing content through the digital form and go, oh, like, you know, I'm used to kind of absorbing all this content on Instagram and suddenly like, oh, well, I can watch this show on Instagram or I can watch whatever. Do you know what I'm gonna, you know, so there might be an edge of young people that start to realise that theatre is cool. And be a lot. maybe the, I like to think that a lot of people will be introduced to theatre through this time. Yeah. So I think that that is, um, that is very possible, very, very valid. But I think the major thing is that, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend who was talking about a conversation they had about how they found this time very difficult because they feel like the, um, they don't feel essential. So this is a person that works in the arts, like, you know, we're not considered essential workers, you know, people are out there like fighting the front line. People are out there in the NHS, people are delivering food and blah, blah, blah. Of course, we can all do that to support this time, but it's not like... There is, you know this person was saying oh, it's really made me think of whether I want to keep doing this because I don't feel essential and one thing that like struck me straight away was like our essential work is yet to come like our job is in the healing like at the moment the essential work is in the um is doing the responding it's the firefighting it's the basically it's the locking down it's the it's the securing people's safety but we're about to go into a time where theater and the arts and dance have a profound part to play in the healing of the nation which is about bringing people back together making people trust each other like dance if you just on a simple thing dance the position that dance will play in giving people the confidence to touch each other again is huge like it's absolutely huge in terms of like you know, I was talking to Mark last last night. My husband saying like, "It's really weird. I haven't touched anybody other than my husband in like nearly ten weeks. I haven't touched anybody. I haven't hugged anybody. I haven't shook their hand. I haven't high fived. I haven't partnered anybody. I haven't mean, anything. I haven't touched another human being in uh, over two months. Yeah, and that's like that is so not what we're made to do. I mean, obviously, people have different levels of, of being tactile or not being tactile, but like human contact is really important. Like the kind of the 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 positive benefits of having a hug are are huge. And so I think that the part that dance will play, that's just like one, that's just one facet of what job we have to do when it comes back to it is like the power of physical touch, holding each other, catching each other, throwing each other, like, you know, on a kind of purely, you know, visual level, that that's very, very important. So I kind of feel like what's happening during this period of time is, is a lot of artists are incubating, And basically resting in a way that we've never been able to do because it's going to go. And we're resting because my God, we're going to need to be, we're going to need to be fully ready to fight back when this thing opens again. And that's not just fighting for our careers. Mm -hmm. It's fighting for our industry and also fighting to create work, which basically, um, you know, not only mends the economy, but mends people's kind of emotional state.
1: Yeah, completely. Um, What so just kind of touching upon whatever all of that amazing stuff that you just said so i am reading this book called the culture of connectivity and it's basically like a criticism not a criticism in a bad way but a criticism in terms of like arguing the valid the pros and cons whatever of social media and there's this quote from it which i'm just gonna find real quick okay so this is kind of like talking about i guess how social media plays upon like our everyday lives um so it says. Sociality is not simply rendered technological by moving to an online space. Rather, coded structures are profoundly altering the nature of our connections, creations, and interactions. And for me, that like really struck a point because I think less and less social media like Instagram or just like web 2.0 in general this is not a place where we sit and dial up to AOL and then we access right it's like Mm. literally at the touch of a button like I can ask my google home to tell me what the weather is going to be for the next week it's like we're always the web's not a the web is not a virtual place where we have these like avatars of ourselves that Mm. we interact on the web like more and more our online presence is just another facet of who we are as people that's right so i guess like what i'm curious to hear from you is is that how do you think the way that we connect and interact especially in terms of like um as artists how that is going to then permeate into our actual lives because i think more and more it's 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 not simply saying oh yeah like i did that on instagram like i i liked her post on instagram like it's it's more so it's just like i i liked that thing that she shared it, it's not um i don't know it's like there's no bridge between like mm. your online presence and your actual presence is all just kind of like one thing because it's like just this omnipresent thing like social media internet you're using it mm. to live your everyday life all of that stuff
2: i think like it's it's a really interesting point i have not thought about that about how essentially they're becoming so intermixed that you know i i personally um um i i, I like social media and. Mm-hmm. Um, I go through different phases of, of which platform I prefer more. Um, but the, and I think there's so many benefits, I think especially when you feel like you might be in a, a slightly less understood group or in a minority. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the ability to realize that you're not alone in certain like tastes and interests, you know, by, you know let's take instagram for example or twitter you are in control of how you curate your feed so basically like what interests you what do you want to fill your daily life with um and so that that basically introduces you to uh, not only a lot of people that share the same interests as you or are doing the work that you're interested in but also it, i think it it can be a place where you get to know yourself better in terms of like when you're specifically asked, do you, or do you not want to have this person's influence within your life that actually it can make you make decisions about the things that you are interested in. And, and, and you can kind of monitor your, the way that your interests kind of like, you know, change as, as you're going to, I don't, I really don't need to be like having workout videos anymore on my feet, just get rid of workout videos, but I'm really interested today in drag makeup. So I'm going to really follow all these people, blah, blah. And so like you, it's a, it's a really interesting way of you kind of, Charting, you know, you know, in some elements, kind of what your interest and in, how they kind of maneuver, uh, you know, how they change. So I do think that it can be used for a means of of real good to connect people that might feel alone, that people that have, you know, kind of, you know, an easily identified otherness about them, and mm-hmm. um, and to find other people that that stand against, you know, stand against certain problems or stand for certain, you know, social movements and so a kind of community aspect of social media i think is really really valid i think also like i said it helps you get to know stuff but it also like you know you're you're able to curate a pinboard as it were of like parts of your life that you're really proud of and that you're and so yes it has a obviously a darker side which base, which can be um when it becomes competitive or when it becomes um just self isolating in a way but but used in, used positively it can be a real great out, uh, outlet for um you know for giving yourself confidence in a way in terms of like, Oh, these are all the things that I'm really proud of. This is a collection of my achievements. Um, but I do think that the, you're writing that you're no longer like a thing online because actually more and more, the people that are being engaged with more and more online are those people whose content kind of believes more truthful in terms of like, you go, Oh, I feel like, you know, like anybody that follows me on Instagram, I would imagine do because they want to know something that they can't just find on google Do you know what I mean? they want to know yes. something not i don't mean personal but they they want to feel like they get, they know what my lifestyle is like is the same with like you know who i follow you know i'm not doing it because of like what what the google images are that they can check up i want to yeah. know you know you kind of you have an interest or an intrigue into a certain person's lifestyle or a certain mm-hmm. person's taste or beliefs or whatever so you're right, in terms of like it's no longer like I strategically like your photo because my online presence thinks that's what I'm supposed to do. It's yeah. like, no, I, I like your photos. So like Drew likes the photo as much as like at Drew McConey likes your photo, if that makes sense. I think that is valid. I'm not sure I've particularly answered your point, but I think that though I agree that those two things are coming more and more together. Yeah. But I think that in a way there is excitement to be found in that as well because as that becomes more truthful as your online self becomes more truthful it becomes a more valid platform upon which you can create you know you can perform you can deliver your work and um the more interaction you get with people the bigger your audience grows and the more people you can reach with your work or with your hopes and uh, you know and you can feel less alone
1: yeah and i think like um i kind of share that same sentiment as you that i I've never found social media, I guess specifically I'm an avid user of Instagram. I've never found it to be a dark place, like very, very grateful that I haven't, like I've not, um, and like you said, you can just curate the people that you follow. So things that I don't want to see, I just, I'm very quick to unfollow them because I just want to be, like you said, inspired. I want to like see my tastes reflected in somebody else's I want to discover new things that I would never be able to discover before in real life anyways so do you have like any just I I don't know closing thoughts about how the arts is going to recover not even recover but how we're going to like come just you know bouncing back with even more gusto I think than ever before you said it's like I think I think the arts as like tool for healing is just so valid and I think the arts has always served a place for healing because like um oh god this is such a tangent but basically I've been reading my life in the UK test because I'm applying for that soon <laughs> and
0: right. it's
1: like um like all the basically all the shit that was happening in British history was always supplemented and was always commented on by artists and mm. like that's where people found solace in the midst of like the Middle Ages which was just like a really bad time <laughs> for everybody. Yeah.
2: Um, it's our job, that's what our job is, our, yeah. you know, our job people kind of chuck us away as kind of like oh you just want to get up, get up on stage and like you didn't get enough love in your childhood so you need to stand up on stage for people to clap you. No, our, our job mm-hmm. within society is to make sense of the world around us and, and like my, you know, if I had any closing statement it was to reach out to the next generation of theatre makers and theatre performers and say look you have, this is, this is not the time to sit back and wait for the older, you know, in quotes, wiser people to be telling you how we're gonna get through this. You have a responsibility to be listening to the world around you because actually coming out of this is probably going to be your voices that we need because you're going to have a much, more in-tune empathetic understanding of what the world needs and what stories need to be told and who needs to be telling those stories the arts industry was already moving at a kind of breakneck pace into a new generation of of theater voices and this needs to be a time that speeds that up that, that, that is the catalyst so if you're sitting at home with your arms folded and waiting to read the news for somebody to tell you what's going to happen to the theater industry don't sit up unfold your arms start you know reading getting inspired start making work like you absolutely don't need to wait for somebody else to tell you what to do when this when this is over be ready for when the doors are open to be able to be there with your scripts with your song cycle with your new dance piece or with a, you know with with a, a a bite and a fight that the battle weary are not going to have and so you know the doors opening again is is just as much if not more your time than it ever has been Yes. And so um, kind of in a way, now's the time to kind of like lock in in this lockdown and kind of like be ready to fight back because we're, the world's going to need you.
1: Oh my God. Honestly, like my heart is like beating because that's just like so inspiring. And like, I, I don't know if I've ever spoken about this with you, but like, I had this freaking idea for like basically an evening length pieces, two different ones that I've been, I mean, it, I, this is such an excuse, but it's like, lack of time just inhibits my creativity and i was like oh god what a good time to do this but i've gone full-time at school now so that will just not have to wait but like, i'll just have to balance that with other things
2: um can you know, you use that as an excuse use that as an escape from your school so basically it's just like you do this it's like a palate cleanser
1: i know but i mean like literally you just like you know speaking for like the last that last 120 seconds of what you said i'm just like i'm just gonna get cracking <laughs> on that because i yeah, want to do it like it. It. it's like yeah. such a big um Aspirations want to do at some point in time, um, and what better time than now? Um, so, can you just um, plug all of your ways to get in contact with you, just so for people listening to this, they can um, go on their Instagrams or Twitters and find you, so they can also be as inspired as I am by you. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, um, do get involved. In the McConey Company who've launched a series of events, like we spoke about earlier in this in this chat. And um, the micro musical lockdown. All of the videos are now on our Instagram TV page on the McConey Company at McConey Company on Instagram. You can find all of that content on the. Instagram Instagram TV page—they're not going away anytime soon. So um, I promise you, they'll still be up whenever it is that you're listening to this this chat. And there's also on there is all of the videos still from the Digital Dance Festival. Do get involved and uh, send some love to the creators of that. And our Maconie Company classes are at seven PM on Instagram Live um, every Thursday night. Um, but also we have kind of chats coming up and stuff to be engaging with both on my personal Instagram account at Drew McConey and the McInerney Company account. So uh, hopefully you will find a moment to deep dive into the opportunities that you find yourself on there.
1: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Drew. Thanks um, for having me, Alex. Have a lovely Saturday. And <laughs> yeah, have- you too. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to
2: the Young Members Podcast. Made by the Equity Young Members Committee.
1: Follow us at Equity YMC. See you next time. Bye. 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 Goodbye.